Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is born, let us glorify Him. And on this uh, great feast, I want to meditate with you on a few lines of the beautiful praise of our church. It's from the seventh part of the Wednesday Theotokeia. It goes like this, it says, The incorporeal, the incorporeal was incarnate, and the Word became flesh. The one without beginning, the one without beginning began. The eternal, the eternal came under time. The incomprehensible, the incomprehensible has been seen or has been touched. The incomprehensible has been touched. The unseen has been seen. And the son of the living God truly became the son of man. These words, all these paradoxes of the incomprehensible has been touched. The unseen has been seen. The son of the living God became the son. These like started to shake my conscience. And it, in my conscience echoed the words of St. Paul. When he said to St. Timothy, he said, Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. Because St. Paul himself couldn't wrap his mind on these ideas. And then he said, or in another translation, that word, great is the mystery of godliness. Another translation says, how great is the secret of our religion? How great is the secret of our religion? And do you know what that secret is? You know what St. Paul says after? How great is the mystery of godliness? He says, God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen, seen by the angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So tonight I want to say a few lessons we can learn from some of these very nice uh, verses of the Theotokeia. The first lesson that I want to discuss is the reality of God. The reality of God. That God is something real. Although we live in an age and a day of atheism, when many don't believe in God and question their thing, like question and have doubts about their faith, and I think that's a very sad reality that we have to face. I can't imagine what the Lord might be thinking about those thoughts, because the Lord, from the height of His glory, came and took flesh so that we could see Him, so that we could hold Him, so He could preach to us, He talked to us, He was. He he ate with the disciples. He was there. He was there. And everything, he was in the flesh. And so, how could anyone deny the existence of God? It doesn't make sense. Like, if I said, do you deny the existence of this cross? Do you? Do you deny the existence of this cross? This cross is before your eyes. You see it. If I hide it, Do you believe it's there? Yes, you believe it's there. How about if I said, do you believe, like what if I came in and said, I don't believe in your great grandmother. I don't believe that she existed. I don't believe her. I don't believe who she was. I don't. You would say, you don't know my grandmother. I, I met my grandmother. I lived with my grandmother. My grandmother was a nice lady. She used to cook. She used to, we used to hang out together. I'm her, I'm her son. I'm her daughter. How can you not believe that I have a grandmother? And I don't believe your grandmother. You know, like, of course. I mean, these are facts. 
These are facts, the reality. That's why St. John, he said, that which our eyes have seen, that which our hands have handled. I mean, this is, you cannot deny the existence of God. In the Catholic epistle today, St. Peter, he said, for we did not follow, we did not follow cunningly devised fables. This wasn't some like folklore or some story or some hearsay and oh there was a man and he lived and he rose from the dead. This is stuff that people saw. We have made known to you the power of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. St. Peter is saying, I was there. I saw the Lord Jesus Christ. He is real. He is real. So the incarnation, God became like manifested in the flesh. No longer do we say, where is God? Where is God? Who can see Him? God was in the flesh. He became man. And we saw Him. And He still, we see Him every day in our lives. The second lesson that we learn from the incarnation is the lesson of love. As uh, Sayyidina al-Baba mentioned, like God's love was manifested in the incarnation. He loved us so much. He loved us so much that He descended from heaven, from His throne in heaven to be with us. And I'll repeat the verse that Sayyidina al-Baba said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God is not far from us. God is not far from us. Emmanuel means God with us. And He is truly among us. And He, he came and fle- took flesh because of His love. You know the verse, For where two or three are gathered in My name, I am there in the midst of them. Where two or three, we are hundreds. And so no doubt the Lord Jesus Christ is among us. And He wanted to be among us. Another verse that I liked, is that not only was the Lord content to be among us, that wasn't enough for Him, just to be around us. He loves us so much that He comes inside our hearts. There's a verse in Revelation that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Can you imagine that the Lord wants to have dinner with you? He wants to come in and dine with you. He wants to enter into your heart. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to work in your life. He wants to fill you with grace and peace. I was telling uh, some of the youth on our the trip on the convent that we, we just went to, a concept that I think is very important. It's the idea that perhaps you've heard the expression that the world does not revolve around you. The world does not revolve around you. And it, in an egotistical sense, it doesn't. It doesn't just revolve around you. But actually, actually, in a spiritual sense, the world does revolve around you. Actually, the world does revolve around you in a spiritual sense. What do I mean by that? I mean that God has such a personal relationship with each person that actually, if you feel the love of God towards you, you'd say, God, am I the only person in the world? 
Am I the only person? You don't like, how come there's too much love for just one person? You manifest yourself so clearly in my life. How come? How come you care about me so much? How come you show yourself to me so much? And actually you feel the world, like honestly, is revolving around you. That's if you have a personal relationship with the Lord. And the, the beautiful thing about the Lord, He wants to come into your heart and have a personal relationship with you. The third thing that I think we learn from the incarnation, and um, perhaps many of you guys have been telling me, uh, children will change your life. Children will change your life. Is that true? That children, a child will change your life? Is that true? If that is true, and you agree with me that children changed your lives, if you agree with me on that concept, my question for you all tonight is, how has the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ changed you and changed your life? The birth of Jesus Christ changed the world. The birth of one man, the new Adam. The new Adam, the old Adam fell in sin. The new Adam came to restore glory to mankind. The new Adam came and took away our sins, took away our burden, gave us forgiveness, gave us love, gave us peace. That's the joy of the birth of Christ. The next verse after John 3.16 is John 3.17. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he came into the world and saved the world, Allah. The birth of Jesus Christ, he came as a savior. He came as a savior and changed the course of our lives and changed the course of our lives. He came us to save us from our sins. He is our father. He's the source of goodness, the source of peace. I hope we celebrate this great feast with these three things in mind. The three things are, God is real. He became man, He took flesh, He lived among us. We eat from the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second point was that He loved us so much, that He wants to dwell in us. He is now creating and putting us at the center of the universe, if we have a relationship with Him. If we don't have a relationship with Him, then we'll just become fade into, into, and we become sad, and we become... But if you're the center of, if you feel God is loving you so much, and you're the center of it, you'll never feel sadness. You'll never feel the pain. And then He came to be our Savior. He came to be our Savior. I want us to start this year, to start this year with new dedication to the Lord. New dedication to the Lord. Allow the Lord to be born born in your hearts. He was born in a manger. And that teaches us a great lesson, is that if He was born in a manger, a place disgusting, and not put in shape, and disorderly, and stinky, and ugly, and the Lord Jesus Christ, from the height of His glory, still, still decided to enter into that manger. I think then we can invite the Lord into our hearts. I think so. I think we can in whatever shape we are in. And He will gladly come in and He will He will fix the place and arrange the order for the place. Tonight let's open our hearts 
We have to confess our sins and allow the Lord to be born in our hearts and to change our lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Oh, say.